Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man! And just like that, the Watching Comics Podcast is back! where we bring you the most trusted takes and opinions on the intersection of comic book entertainment hitting your screens, both big and small, because, well, it's the 21st century and watching comic books is literally a thing. It's an exciting time to be alive. My name is Mitch, my co-host is Jake, and we're just a couple of geek dads in the Midwest bringing you our favorite stuff, because what else is the internet good for? It's exciting. I'm ready. Jake, we're going to be dishing on some really interesting stuff here tonight, but of course... Before we do anything else, myself and our listeners, we want to know, how you doing, Jake? Mitch, listeners, I'm doing pretty well. I would be lying if I didn't admit that I'm pretty tired tonight. Um, you know, there's a there's a camp have, that goes we on We have here. Sleepy Jake with us, everybody. We, you Sleepy do. Jake. Well, there's a, there's a camp that I'm helping out with, a youth camp. And um, like a genius, I took a look at it and I said... I can make this work. I don't need to take more than a few hours of vacation time. Yeah. And so, so you're working and helping at the camp and have kids and recording late at night because you are a superhero. You're a vigilante. You're the best of us. I'm, I'm some of those things, man. And I am, uh, uh, yeah, time will tell, but, um, you know what? I, I don't want to complain. I'm having a very good week. I'm just Mm. also, you know, it's a it's one of those weeks where you leave it all on the court, right? And it is. Uh, it is. So yeah. yeah, I'm doing well. I'm good. I'm having a great week. I'm having a lot of fun, spending some time with my kids. Um yeah, guided some high schoolers to second place in a trivia contest today. Uh watched my see, son. Oh, go ahead. That that's that's really that's really the high point right there. You 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 you're spending time with your children because you know you're a dad. That's awesome. But yeah, you, you've helped people unleash the power of trivia. I mean, what else that's is there exactly to do? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that was a big part of it. And V for Vendetta even came up in that conversation. Oh God, God bless it. Right. And that's exactly. I mean, that makes it an extra good day. Um. So yeah, it's been good stuff. Uh. How about yourself? How you doing? You know what? I'm not too bad. Um. I just recently finished redoing all the furniture and layout in my, in my at home office, oh, um, 16 months into working from home. And I finally got serious <laughs> about my workspace y'all. Um, but it was, it was mainly driven by the fact of like, I been living in this house for over five years and I just never got serious about my own creative space to a point where I had enough stuff to like put up my comic book collection, get all of my books out of boxes and get a really nice desk for my full setup and everything like that. So like that's recently been finished and I'm really happy to have that. And I've got my comic book and, and trade and graphic novel collection on display for the first time in a while. And I just, I look at it and I'm like, Oh, you're beautiful. And also there's a bunch of you that I haven't read in a long time or haven't read yet. And I really need to get to that. So that's kind of the most exciting thing in my life for someone who's still kind of being careful and still working from home. And yeah, so that's the thing. Right on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a hundred percent in favor of work from home as long as they'll let you gang, but totally. well, as long as you can and still do your job, well, work from home. Knocking this it is out the, the future. Parking. Yeah. Memory foam slippers and sweatpants all day, every mm. day. Mm. This is the new business casual. It is. I'm 71 years old and it's fantastic. I, mm. I have no complaints, man. <laughs> um, and in related news, our little league team, Jake, holy cow, 
So um, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Typically we would have played a game. Our Thursday night game got canceled because the heat index was like 105 and we're like five-year-olds shouldn't be playing in this. Right. Um, God bless whoever made that decision. Good for them. Yeah. Right. Looking out for those kiddos. But Tuesday, two nights ago, we did play a game. We played the red team. We have Mm. not played the red team before. Mm. And um, Jake, I got to tell you, man, we wiped the floor with them. Hey, yes. <laughs> destroyed the red oh, team. Oh, poor red team. I Okay, it's it's really cool now. We're like halfway through the season, and it's really cool to see everything taking shape. Like, our players mostly remember the batting order. They remember all the skills we've worked on and everything. And, like, Jake, we had three, maybe four legitimate plays where we got players out not just like fielded grounders and had a decent throw, but like we got players out and we were running the bases like nobody's business. My daughter's swing is like, I need to show you a video when we're done here, Jake. Like it is literally Ken Griffey Jr. I know we said that before. Last time I said it was looking like it, like her latest one, she had like the bat all the way up at the right angle and is like doing Mm. that half baseball swing, half golf swing sort of thing. Like beautiful. We're and and the poor red team. I think they were mostly filled with a bunch of kiddos that hadn't played before. And they were really small and like undersized. And they just were, they were out there having a good time, but they didn't really know what they were doing. And um, they were outmatched the watching comics podcast. Yeah. The little league, our watching comics, little league team. They, they did work. My friend, you would have been proud. Mm. I am proud. This is good news. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. I was so like, we looked really good out in the field for five and seven year olds playing, man. They're, they're getting better. That's awesome. Well, this has been the watching comics podcast. Everyone. We know what you were really here for. Have a great week. <laughs> good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that's it for housekeeping y'all. Oh, also shout out to um, Mike and Haley who were the winners of oh, our yeah. giveaway on Twitter. So Ooh. awesome. Nicely done. Way to go. I, I cannot believe, Jake, we surpassed 1,050 followers on Twitter. That's like, bonkers. <laughs> straight up. Like, mm. okay, it's fun. It's cool. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I love the corner of the internet that we're hanging out in, and, and yeah. we've gotten to connect with some really cool people. But, like, there's a, there's a thousand accounts that are like, yeah, I'm going to follow them. They've got stuff of value. You dummies. <laughs> jokes on y'all i'm just tweeting about batman forever a lot (laughs) there's a thousand people who cared about the takes on batman forever fantastic it really Uh, is more of that i say no joke that's what we're here for so anyway thank you so much for playing along with the giveaways everybody that that uh liked retweeted followed shared all that sort of stuff and congrats to mike and Haley um for for winning those things we sent out your prizes uh today you'll be getting those mike won um watchman on blu-ray and digital and um Haley won a print an original batman the animated series print of art from our good friend of the pod dennis so yeah i say i say we celebrated a, a crossing the threshold really well those are top-notch prizes. Like I'm, I in the midst of all this, I'm weirdly proud of us for having good giveaway prizes. <laughs> Being like, like patting myself on the back, we did good. Yeah, we like I'm good. sitting here, like, man. That's that's stuff that I would want if I were able. That's fantastic. Yeah, good job. And and you know, and as always, I I, I try to point this out every few episodes, but I want to take a moment to throw out there that. You know, if you get any level of enjoyment out of this, you owe a great debt of gratitude to our friend Mitch, 
who does <laughs> a lot of the real work here. Um, you know, I actually talked to a friend today about this. I have a really hard rule that I hold myself to that I make other people bring this up. I try not to be that guy who sits sounds like, let me tell you about my podcast. <laughs> Just another and, white guy saying, hey, I've got a podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I try to not be that guy. But a friend brought it up today. And, and I said, I was like, look, I'm not, I, I'm fully, I, no one who knows me has any trouble believing I'm happy to take credit for what's me, right? I will <laughs> gladly stand up and say I'm 50% of the on-air talent, but there's so much more goes into this than just talking about cool stuff. And if it's anything but talking about cool stuff, Mitch is doing way more than 50% of the work and that, that giveaway, he masterminded, he handled it um that's legit stuff man good work way to put that together it was it was i i'm proud of it i wanted to celebrate some independent art but i also wanted to celebrate the the brand that we have right which is it's not right. just comics it's watching the comics that we love and it's awesome mm -hmm. but you are too kind my friend i feel like you are the talent and i am here to uh make make the talent visible so that's what we're we, doing you know i i think that's the best way to say it that we're making my talent visible by giving it a podcast so that's, that's i exactly think, right uh, yeah, a face for radio, as we like to say. A face so. for radio. And I think I think our collective partners, your wife and my wife, mm. would also be incredibly grateful that this has done absolutely nothing to inflate our egos in the slightest one bit. No, nothing. I'm I don't at all bring up our Twitter follower number regularly at the table no okay that. i'll never forget well i'd never forget it's like this happened a long time ago so <laughs> a couple weeks ago um it was like the day after we eclipsed a thousand followers your wife came over to our house to hang out for a little bit she wanted to talk to me about some marketing stuff she wanted to you know hang out with marissa a little bit and brought one of your kids over to hang out with my kid it was a play date that sort of thing and she just looked at me and she goes hey a thousand followers congrats and i was like yeah i guess like she was more excited about it than i was because i was like it's really cool but also i'm like but what does it mean i don't know <laughs> what but does I, it mean but i really you had an existential crisis over the congratulations i did but that's I was really so on brand <laughs> <laughs> but i was really grateful that she was super excited for us you know what i mean that's so that's her trying to uh, wh here's what i will do i <laughs> i'll just sit down and be like hey got a thousand followers i don't know if, i don't know i mean it's pretty cool i think <laughs> and she's like wow that's great and i'm like yes that's the reaction i wanted thank you honey and uh <laughs> nailed it nailed yeah it. and so no man it's this been is a heck of a ride so far and that's not like in it's overstatement it's just man it's been a heck of a ride we're having it has fun been. this podcast is a lot of fun this started off as a fun passion yes. project and now it's become also an outlet for a lot of people to follow us as well as for jake to share about his marriage and so i feel like we're all winning <laughs> here we i I hope that I, I say nice things. Like I don't, <laughs> I feel good things about my marriage. Oh no. Now I'm going to have to like re-listen to a bunch of episodes and be like, I'm saying good things. Right. Cause I feel good things. I, yeah. got, I, I think you're saying all good things. I think it's all entertaining and great. And you know what you've got until Thanksgiving until she's going to listen to this anyway. So you've got a while <laughs> to come up with your response. She may get this one sooner rather than later. Cause she watched MODOK with me. She did. She oh, did. Okay. She likes so Patton Oswalt. Okay, so I can't wait to hear her take. I know that this is going to come as a big surprise to you. Um, my partner did not watch this with me. <laughs> Modoc was a tough sell in the in your home, huh? She really liked the idea of going to bed instead, and I can't yeah. <laughs> I can't disagree with her. If she's like, I'm tired and I don't want to watch another superhero thing, I'm going to go to bed. I'm like, okay, you do you. 
I'm gonna go watch. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Patton Oswalt be a maniacal supervillain because that's my lot in life. And <laughs> that's what we're supposed this to do. This is the business we've chosen. It is. So that's what we're doing. If you haven't read the title or the description of this episode, we're here to talk about Hulu's Marvel take on Modoc, which is mm. boy howdy, is it an experience? I want to set the table before we go any further that I adore Patton Oswalt. He is, I, I am comfortable saying my very favorite comedian. 110%. And, and you and I have gushed about him together. I just wanted to set the table with that before we go any further. That's the lens I'm coming at this through. This is a bonkers project that without Patton attached would have scared me. Absolutely. And I was still frightened by a couple of things anyway, but like, I, I'll be completely honest. Okay. So um, like, I think the way you said it is perfect. If Patton wasn't attached to this project, it was somebody else. Let's, you know, let, let's say someone like let Seth MacFarlane was doing that's it. That's what right? I was going to say. What if? If Seth MacFarlane was doing this, I would watch it for the podcast because that's what we would do. But I would be groaning, right? Yes. But because Patton Oswald was attached to it, I was immediately optimistic about it, even though... I feel like I've outgrown an awful lot of this kind of humor. Like uh -huh. I, I went through my family guy heyday in high school and college. And there was a, there was probably a three to four year period of my life where if you would have asked me, what were my favorite TV shows? The first three seasons of family guy would have been on my top five list. And then it, I just outgrew it. Right. And then I didn't, I didn't, care much for American dad. I never got into Futurama and I never got into these sorts of things. Rick and Morty's not really my cup of tea. So then it's like, okay, outside of BoJack, which I still haven't finished, like I'm not really in this arena. So I was a little reticent about it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm a season ticket holder of Patton Oswalt. And if there's anybody, if there's anybody that deserves to give to get a free creative reign to do whatever they want in the IP arena. It's Patton Oswald as well, too. So I signed up. I was optimistic. I was ready to go. I dove in and I'm pleased to report that I'm mostly happy with how everything shook out. I don't know where you're at, Jake. Where did you land on everything? I, I would like to, before I, I unveil where I landed, I would like to simply share one anecdote of being in, I think it was seventh or eighth grade and watching the Comedians of Comedy, mm. uh, that documentary. And this is where I discovered, and we talked about this a few weeks back, you and me, Zach Galifianakis, Maria Bamford. I was just Bamford. about to say, Zach. Zach and uh, Patton are my two guys, man. Yeah. Like, and Brian I, Posehn ooh. is on there. And, and so I say all that to say, there was this scene where Patton and Posehn go to the comic book store while they're on tour and are sitting in the back of the tour bus or van. I don't remember. It was probably like a 15 passenger van. It was probably uh, a van that got mistaken for a meth van at one. Right. <laughs> and, and they're in the back of the van swapping comics and talking about them. And I, it was the first time I remember this clearly. It was the first time in my life I had ever seen grown men with careers discussing comic books like that was normal. And I felt like there was hope. 
That is and what we call a seminal moment. It, it is. Now, now I know what I do about professional comedians. And I think, oh, no, those aren't people you should look up to, even if you like them. Dear but God, no. The, 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 no, dear God, the, you want to talk about you want to talk about like toxic culture and not meeting your heroes, um, it, which you now granted, like I'm not an aficionado to stand up comedy. So when I say that Patton Oswalt and Zach Galifianakis are like my two guys, um like i don't know call me basic call me a simp but it's like pat and oswald zach galifianakis and um amy schumer and ali wong are about all i watch i don't really have much of a palette beyond that but i like the pat and oswald stuff is real like i love baskets um his working young adult was incredible i listened to i think i mentioned this to you probably three or four times a year i'll listen to his entire dossier of albums on spotify you know because i just i love the way he tells stories all the time but like people like Patton, though it's incredible to see his arsenal in the full range right because if you follow his career closely you'll know that the guy's incredibly talented and incredibly nuanced and has a wide range of not just interests, but of skill and talent. Like he's published books about film criticism. You know, he's, he's written screenplays that are of the dark comedy persuasion. He's been good in dramatic performing roles. And then he's one of the most gifted non Mike Birbiglia storytellers in the stand-up scene. And then he's also an unabashed nerd. So like the guy has got this incredible range, but all of it is like ridiculously niche, but perfectly him at the same time. And so it's just like the more you peel back the layers of Patton, if you fit into that geek but cerebral lens at all you're just kind of like this is my guy and he's not an asshole in the sense of like a lot of the other stand-up comics so you're like okay i'm gonna pick him and i'm gonna ride or die with that guy i so i'm right there with everything you said and so to circle back to where i landed that's what makes it so heartbreaking for me to report that i don't like the show mitch mm. Mm. i and and i'm gonna break it down with more nuance than that and I'm going to try to bring a critical eye to it. And I'm going to grab one thing I really, truly loved. But I, I didn't care for it. And I, I really wrestled with how plain to be about that. Because we work really hard. Everyone knows to not go toxic. Right. So I'm not saying I don't want to hit anyone with my car. I don't want to do bad things to any people involved. I want to see a second season. I have some very clear ideas for what should happen in that second season versus what happened in this season that's me and we can break it down from there mm, interesting so i'm surprised by your answer but me i'm too I, but i'm also kind of relieved to hear that just because i think it's going to make for an interesting conversation um i think where i may land is i pro i may have liked more than you but i was still there's a lot that didn't work for me though at the same time too. I think we're going to criticize a lot of the same stuff just based on some of the things you've said and some of the comps you made there when you bring, I, I find it very interesting that you went right to Seth MacFarlane and family guy, mm -hmm. because I, I mean, I guess I'll jump right in and I'll say for me, well, isn't part of this creative team from American dad and isn't, I think so. And isn't American dad in like the Seth MacFarlane extended universe in some capacity that yeah from that five years where fox was canceling anything and everything they could to put one more family guy spinoff on the air yeah yeah and, and yeah. so and so like I, I i wonder if it's obviously comedies right the brand of humor is a huge thing and match that up but like we can get to the nuts and bolts in it here in a second but i think ultimately for me 
what worked the best about the show was not the thing that was supposed to be driving the story. Like the, yes. this, this movie struggled the most with its set pieces and with figuring out what kind of story it wanted to tell, but it succeeded in that it, when it was giving the, when it was clearing out and letting Patton Oswald just do Patton Oswald stuff. We're, this is going to be the weirdest disagreement ever because we're going to say the exact same things and then land in different places <laughs> because you're, I mean, it's like you're reading my notes, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to jump in if I can and, and stop me if I'm getting ahead of any structure stuff you wanted to do. I don't have me. any structure other than we're apparently going to say that MODOK could have been better. Well, so that's just, there was an episode I loved and it was episode number four if saturday oh, be for the boys i was gonna guess a different one but that's okay okay my what favorite were you episode, going to guess if i can ask well my favorite episode was um uh episode number two the third the third eye blind concert <laughs> okay so there's some chuckle at moments even in the things that i didn't love um but anyway here, ep- episode four break it down for me because that's the high point for you so let's let's do that so here's the reason it's the high point may i point out that this is the only episode i've been able to find i really did try to do my homework on this so if i'm wrong somebody fact check me but that i can find episode four if saturday be for the boys is the episode written by pat noswalt i did not know this when i watched it when i broke the thing down after watching all 10 episodes it made a lot of sense to me because well, this is the episode where he goes to the bar with no name and, is this and the, he, it's the one that's probably most connected to the the comic books yes when he starts he gets all the, is, the d-list pa- supervillains written by pat noswalt right here Yes. He grabs the, he grabs all the loser villains. Um, and he, he goes to try and get himself back into the cool club. Uh, may I point out also the, uh, incredible Bill Hader as the leader. Go ahead. You want to talk, you want to talk about someone like Patton Oswalt, who is like sneaky, brilliant and loves and is good at like a lot of different stuff. I need I need more Bill Hader in my life. Sign him up for whatever he wants to do in the MCU gang. Um, so, but, you know, I, I, he also played Angar the Screamer in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but this episode got, here's the thing. It's 2021, man. It may have once upon a time been super edgy to do a cartoon where people used swears and the family all treated each other like crap. But then after 30 minutes, the moral is that they all need each other. And they all love each other, even though they treat each other like crap. I bet that was mind blowing when I was three years old. But in you 2002. know what? Yeah. Well, crap, man. 1989. When did The Simpsons start? Right. Like it's. I'm sorry. This was not just derivative. It was derivative of something that is derivative. Right. Like mm. it was. When We're two it degrees focuses, separated from derivative. Well, that's just when it focuses on the family drama of it all. I just sat there like. I don't need, like, I've got, you've got, you named them. You've got Rick and Morty, American Dad, Family Guy, The Simpsons. You've got all these shows. And they always tried to do the same stupid saccharine thing where they're like, oh, but we all love each other. There's no hope for us without each other, even though we're literally willing to call each other horrible names and degrade and hit each other. It's stupid, man. Like, Mm -hmm. it's clever once. Okay, it was clever once. It's 2021. It's been done to death. It's and all it was a, it's all logline. 
It is, and it's a total misuse of the incredible talent on deck in this. And when they let Patton Oswalt be Patton and do some weird comic book crap, right? Like he, I saw an interview with him where he said he asked for all these villains for this episode and Marvel only said no to three of them. I think it was Stilt Man, <laughs> Condiment King, and Turner D. Century, which <laughs> I'm going to admit I had to look up Turner D. Century. Um, and when other than that, Marvel and he's like, I just kept asking, figuring they were going to say no to the leader. He's like, I, I figured there's no way they'd let me get John Hamm as Iron Man, you know, but then they said, no, you can't do Turner D. Century. Um, and so all of Marvel that, keeping him on his toes, <laughs> right? which, OK, I got to tell you a real quick segue on that. What if that's like, what if Turner D Century and Stiltman are going to be the villains in like the next Avengers movie or something? And that's why they couldn't be maybe in Maybe they're saving them for, for another IP package of some kind. <laughs> or maybe they're, they're going to show up in another show of some capacity. Who knows? I have no and idea. They've got so much coming up. Anything's There's, possible. Oh my gosh. But the, they, but the interesting yeah. thing here is like, so I, I think episode two is my favorite episode from a comedy standpoint, but if we're talking from a pure narrative standpoint and anchoring the lineage of which this show was born, I think you're right on the money that episode four is clearly the high point, right? Because episode four gave you an actual arc of like something tangible to do. It was ridiculous, but it's like, it gave you something tangible to do that wasn't directly tied to just like, Oh, I'm going to fix my marriage. Um, and the getting the ragtag bunch of villains together in order to impress everybody else to be able to be in, in the really cool club, right? Like it's very of the humor that the show had already um, established, but at the same time, it gave at least in a vacuum of an episode, it gave everybody a clear arc and something to do like a clear beginning, middle of an end that was consistent in tone and consistent in pursuit. Like the carrot was there and you knew what they were going after. And it was just filled with such rich zany comic bookery at the same time that you're like, okay, this is the reason why I want to watch this show. I, and that's just it. I, you know, and I'll even say to even push back a little bit on that, I never laughed as hard at the show as I did at episode four. Like hanging out with my wife watching the show after three episodes, I was kind of grouching about it. And then four hits and I go, okay, all right, we've turned the show around. And then it, it, it didn't end up that way for me. I, you know, and it's like, I don't know, every character on it feels like I've seen that character 400 times. And it's like every time Lou came on screen, I cringed and I was like, oh, cool. It's unlikable Gene Belcher. Here we go. And I just, there's, and then when they did two lose, I was like, you, you people are killing me. This is awful. There's, they're clear. They're clearly going for formula. And, 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 yes. in that, and in that light, that's just, that's not what we're after, which is fine. Um, the, the interesting thing here is um, we've said this before about a couple of other shows that we've reviewed here relatively recently. I think part of the ironic thing here is that maybe the pathway to making the show a little bit more enjoyable and a little less derivative was already in the show. They just didn't commit to it all the way. Cause I think some of it too is like, there were three major storylines going on here as far as like, what's the purpose of Modoc's like, pursuit mm -hmm. and i'm sitting here thinking like if we did a little bit less family and 
saved maybe the evil twin Modoc until season two, they really could have just leaned into startup culture and just made the whole aim thing yeah. the focus. Cause like if they, if they really just wanted to go with, let's make fun of everything that's going on in 2021 right now and just really lean hard into this brand of humor. I think they could have just made it all about the startup culture. If that was the entire show, which was Modoc can't run a business and he sells himself to a young budding startup and he's butting heads with the cool hipster guy, right? Like that, yeah. that was one of the more interesting story points of the entire show, but it got, it got so lost because there was so much going on. I'm so all of this to say, I think my dream scenario is that season two opens with the other Modoc killing his family, like, <laughs> which sorry gang you know and what sucks is that there's some genuinely talented people in there so maybe we find other ways to fit them in amy garcia ben schwartz uh melissa fumero these are people that i i didn't mind their performance one bit i thought they were good and on point but frankly the characters just weren't doing it for me i i think what if the rest of the show is all right now we're going to follow that plot line and see if he can become modok the ruler of the universe and see if he can be motivated by this because it's a hell of a lot more entertaining than watching one more family guy knock off. I completely agree. And if he wants to commit to, I mean, what if we did a whole season where um, he's, he's working with the, the subpar villains, right? The boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he does that. And then maybe it culminates into like an anchorman style throwdown with the Modoc version of the Avengers. Oh, you just wrote for me a brilliant piece of television. Yeah, I, you know, okay, let me also, I want to be fair because I just saw a picture of this while I was glancing at something on IMDb. I also thought that recreating the never ending story with him writing Fin Fang Foom was freaking hilarious and that a was stroke of brilliance. The, the best homage maybe in the entire run. I, I adored that scene. It looks like that was from episode three. Well done, episode three. Um, I, I just, you know, and I, I don't, so, okay. I've been a little meaner than I meant to be. I don't want to dump on this show because the reality is all the performances are spot on. Uh, you know, there's some great ideas in there. I think that I just don't have, I, th I think, I like the way you framed it. You said you have outgrown this kind of comedy. I think that at 35, I don't have any energy left for one more animated sitcom about a dysfunctional family where the catch is that they're extra bad to each other. Right. You know, like I, and, I just, mm. and, and the thing is, is like maybe outgrown is the wrong word because I don't want to, I don't want to throw our listeners under the bus that still really appreciate that humor. Sure. I, I you see know? what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be disrespectful in that light. I just want like, that, that humor was my brand of humor as an upperclassman in high school and an underclassman in college. And then um, I just stopped watching it. And then, yeah. it, and then after a while, it just wasn't as funny to me anymore. And that, that's not me saying anybody that subscribes to that brand of humor is beneath me. It just means that it, that glove no longer fits my hand, right? Um, but the Patton Oswaldness of everything made MODOK at least watchable for me to a point where I can say, I liked it enough. And, and watchable that, and, is a good word. Yes. And that speaks to Patton Oswalt's prowess. But at the same time, the other thing that just, I just don't, I'm going to flat out say, it, I don't think it's funny. The, it, 
at least with the way they do it in this show, I haven't seen an episode of Family Guy or American Dad in a long, long time. And I've only seen like maybe five Simpsons episodes in my entire life. Like, um, so I may be not up to speed on a lot of this stuff. I did see some robot chicken back in the day. Um, but I didn't, the gratuitous, like B horror movie style, like gory violence and killing, Mm -hmm. like that wasn't funny to me. I don't know. And, and, it, and it's not like I'm offended. I wasn't offended in any yeah, capacity. Yeah, yeah. It just, I, I would watch it happen and I'd be like, I know exactly what they're doing right now. And they're probably deploying that joke in incredible fashion, but I'm just not laughing because I don't think it's funny. And, and again, doesn't make me better than anyone else, but it's like that scene when they're, when they're in the fun house and the extra villain shows up, the mad scientist shows up next to the evil twin and they're doing the robot thing. And they're like, I don't know if it's a robot <laughs> symmetry, right? That whole thing. And then it's basically a five minute set piece of watching all the family members just rip everything in yes. half and there's blood fl- just flying everywhere. And the sound effects are gratuitous and everything. And I'm like, okay, this is clearly a brand of humor because they've committed to this, not just in that moment, but throughout the entire season. That's one of the shticks. But every time it was happening, I'm just like, I'm not laughing. And so either they didn't deploy it well, or I'm just not the target demographic for that. I don't know what the correct answer is there because I just don't know. I, you know, I don't have an answer for you on that. Cause I'm in the same boat as you. I, I haven't really, uh, connected with a lot of this style of show in a while. And maybe, maybe this is just us saying, get off our lawn. Like, see, and that's what it's funny. Cause I don't think, man, how desensitized am I? I don't think I even noticed how gory it was, but now that you're well, saying it, I'm like, wow. Yeah. That was pretty violent. Some and of it's that not stuff. like the goriness of the goriness didn't no. off, like offset me either, which is Agreed. so weird. Yeah. I well, just and was, that's just it. Like it we're not, we're not trying cool. to say this is bad, evil, incorrect. I just, it doesn't maybe, make us laugh. Maybe what I'm looking for is it didn't feel like it. Anytime it happened, I was like, is that what this show is? Is this show gratuitous horror killing? Or is, is, is this show family guy, but stop motion animation? Is gratuitous horror killing in the middle of a family comedy, a, a dysfunctional family dark comedy? Is that the fart joke? of animated television mm. like is it mm. is it a low hang and i'm i'm spitballing here but is it a low hanging fruit that we're going laugh. for shock humor yeah like oh man uh, look how gory that is that's disgusting ha 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 like i it- really like the way you put that that's kind of blowing my mind we're like we've 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 pushed the envelope so much in mainstream entertainment most of which i think is a good thing by the way yeah I'm not, i don't want to censor anything but yeah like, yeah we've pushed the envelope so much that that fart jokes no longer do it Right. So the next level or maybe two levels now, because maybe we're behind the times. I don't know. Maybe two levels past that now is we're watching stop motion animation guts flying out of supervillains getting torn in half. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm spitballing, but I, I think that maybe that's where it is and maybe it's just easy shock humor. Um, and, and maybe even when you dress it up and modernize it, maybe a fart joke is still a fart joke. And so it just doesn't click mm-hmm. with certain people. And that mm-hmm. doesn't make anyone better or worse. It's just what makes us laugh. And here's the other thing. Humor so freaking subjective, right? Absolutely. Like, I'm not going to be shocked at all if we post this episode and people are like, what is wrong with you? I laughed nonstop <laughs> at that. Humor is <laughs> so freaking objective or subjective, man. And it's like, 
I, I will, you know, and, and as I, I don't know, I, I'm also weird with humor where like some of my favorite comedies, I didn't care for the first time I watched them. Mm. And then I'd go back and rewatch that. I don't, I don't anticipate that being the case with Modoc, but um, you know, I'll say like Anchorman. Um, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is kind of dumb. And then I watched it a second time. I was like, okay, it's growing on me. And by like the third or fourth time, I'm like, this is legitimately hilarious. And I, I don't know why that is with me. Sometimes I don't know if I have to get into the right headspace to really enjoy it or what. Or some of it's communal, you know, like yeah. oh, agreed 100%. Yeah. There, there are, there are comedies that I have on my shelf that if you were to ask me like where does it rank in my favorite comedies it's probably pretty high up on my list but for their ranking you would be surprised at how little i rewatch them because i just find that they're way more fun to watch with other people and if i don't have other mm-hmm. people around i don't want to watch it there is a um, lot to that man i find myself doing that with comedy that's like the only genre I actually find myself doing that with is like with comedy is there's, and that's not with all of them. There's like things like the office, right? I can watch the office by myself till my, till the cows come home and I'm happy as a clam every time Seinfeld every time. Right. Mm. But then there will Ferrell's kind of one of them, you know, movies like semi-pro, which I think is in, in step brothers, which I think step brothers may be a masterpiece actually, but like that's another example. Maybe it's Will Ferrell that I have to watch a couple times and I love Will Ferrell, but like, you know what? I hated step brothers the first time I saw it and you know how much I love that movie. I know. And, but the thing is, is like, I don't know if I've ever watched step brothers by myself. Hmm. Interesting. Including so, the time I saw it in cinemas, you know, and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying Modoc is one of those, but I do no, wonder, no. I wonder if Modoc. If Modoc comes out in, he's my favorite game to play. If Modoc comes <laughs> out in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, is is there a little bit more of a communal thing around? Now, granted, we were younger than and in college then, but like, is there a more communal thing around it? Because like, Modoc mm. didn't earn the it didn't own the conversation the way wandavision did right and because tv is just so overly saturated right now with stuff that like even the stuff that hits like something like a stranger things it still doesn't feel like everybody's watching it to the capacity like everybody watched seinfeld right sure so you're not you're not going well we're not going anywhere because of the pandemic but like you're not (laughs) going you're not going places and running into this in casual conversation no matter where you're going right so modoc is like the niche of the niche and so the momentum and the community around it is so much more muted than maybe it would have been a decade ago Hmm. i don't know and i don't know if maybe that would have changed our opinion at all because like you said comedy is so subjective and maybe if it's just not your flavor it's not your flavor but i I don't know if the communal aspect would have made a difference here can i well let me jump on that and what you said made me think of something different but related it did modok lean into the well and you basically said this but let me come at it from this angle with comedy being subjective comedy being about timing in more ways than one did modok lean into the wrong end of itself with the family comedy which we've seen done to death, but you mentioned 2007, that's right at the start of the whole family guys getting uncanceled. Seth MacFarlane is taking over television. Robot Chicken is winning awards. Um, Which I don't understand. Robot Robot Chicken was never funny. There, I said it. I enjoyed it. I'm just trying to figure out. I don't remember it very clearly. Hunger Force was really popular then. 
Yes, yes, it was. You know, I, I got a funny story about that, but I'll tell it another time. Um, I never got into that show. I, I chuckled at it a little. I, um, but here's the, but at no point was I like, this is the funniest show on television. Um, here's there, the, there are only so many space ghosts, coast to coast. <laughs> oh, space ghost. Um, yeah. So I guess my question is in 2021, is the more relevant thing the thing that the timing is right for? to do a super villain comedy about this group of D-list villains led by one of the most inexplicably insane comic book characters of all time, the literal giant head on a floating chair that is a human computer. I mean, that's that's what I want to watch. Yeah. And that's what well, you want to watch. But I don't, again, I think this comes back to the, the big question here is, is is Modoc successful? If it is, it's successful because it's just tapping into that brand of humor that they knew they were going to have that that um, built-in audience for already. And, and if that's the case, then well done because you nailed it. But if if that's not the case, then the blueprint is lean more into the supervillain and get rid of the suburbia. I, and that's just it. I I want to see two things out of the second season. I want to see what you just said. Lean into the supervillain, get away from suburbia. I also want to see more episodes written by Patton Oswalt. Mm. Whatever the subject matter of that episode is, I want it let to him be the showrunner. The, you know, you're asking a question that I asked myself, and <laughs> I'm I am loath to ever suggest a change like that, but at the same time, I look at it and I see somebody who seems to really have his finger on the pulse somebody who has is a student of comedy you know he pat Oswalt makes it interesting to hear to hear him just talk about comedy and about his craft and he is a student he's, of it well, he's a storyteller that yeah. just knows how to crap how to weave that needle between raunchy and relatable but like if yeah. you if you hear here, as I mentioned, the Mike Birbiglia comp, he's like the dirty Mike Birbiglia, or maybe Mike yeah. Birbiglia is like the clean Patton Oswald. But like, if you if you listen to a Patton Oswald special, right, and you actually listen to how he crafts what he's sharing, he, you can listen to an entire album that's like forty five to sixty minutes long, and really all he's doing is telling four different stories in the most hilarious capacity you could ever imagine he's like like kevin smith does this but even kevin smith isn't that funny right like what Patton oswald does is he weaves a tapestry together but he knows how to do it in a way that makes it the funniest thing you've literally ever heard i don't know like to me that's that's what they could have done with this tv show small market 20 sec 20 minute episode tv is just weaving a really tight short narrative right like that's what the guy does it just feels to me like with a couple of notable exceptions they assembled this great cast this perfect project that was the perfect idea at the perfect time and then they played it too safe mm, ironically and, right and and that's how it feels let's play to it me. safe by having family members swear at each other and rip people apart literally well, that's just it but that's, but the but thing that's, that's what we've had for a decade and a half. Exactly. And so it feels to me like if if there's one big problem with Modoc, it's that it played it too safe. I want to see this show try to take some chances. Think outside the box 
get more creative with the fact that you have been handed the biggest and currently most relevant playground in all of fiction. You've got a blank check where the only thing they won't give you is Turner D Century. Have some fun with it. Get out there. Like turn Patton loose. Give us hashtag release Stiltman. You cowards. Let me see Turner D Century. <laughs> okay. So let's land this plane here. All right. Because Mo- Modoc's incredibly watchable. There are some moments that are absolutely brilliant. I got to shout out the Hoobastank line, which I tweeted. Oh, and then, so good. And then Pat Oswald himself retweeted. And it was just great to have Pat Oswald retweet our stuff and just live in that space for a day. But it's like, what's a Hoobastank? The Beatles of the late 90s. Who are the Beatles? Hoobastank of the early 60s. <laughs> and it's just like, it's incredible. It's incredible. There's some really snappy dialogue in this thing. You're exactly right. But the, the, here's the thing. Modoc's incredibly watchable. It's got a lot of really strong moments. And um, like a lot of other shows of this kind, right? Then you can just say that it bit off way more than it could chew. And um, I don't know. Comedy subjective. This is either your brand of humor or it's not. But the good news is, is Patton Oswalt's freaking brilliant and he can bring a certain level of entertainment to it no matter where you land on the spectrum. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, to anyone listening that has not watched it yet, that it is, I said plays it safe and that's where I want to land because it's not like it does anything that's actively bad. It just, in my opinion, for my flavor, did not make the active choice to be great. So if you like Patton, you like com- you like animated comedies, you like the Marvel Universe, whatever it might be, John Hamm as Iron Man is freaking brilliant. My that dad. was I did I tweeted Ooh. that out once where I was like, John Hamm as Iron Man is, one, is the thing I didn't know I needed. Like, yeah, was... like if we can't if we can't get Robert Downey Jr. as that character, then whenever he cameos, we need John Hamm. Absolutely, um, I. All this to say, there's a lot of good in it. If you're on the fence, I still think everyone should give it a shot. I think everyone should watch through it. I don't want to be the reason somebody doesn't give a good show a chance. It's just not a good show that I liked. Mm. And it's not a good show that I think did enough to become a great show. There it is. Give Modoc a chance. Yeah. And then tell us All how we wrong are we saying. are. And then, and then tell us how wrong we are because, I mean, that's what Twitter's for, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, Modoc, it's, it's good, but it's, eh. and, and may, maybe, maybe that's, that's all it needs to be right. Where it's, it's incredibly watchable and it's got some enjoyable moments. Maybe it's the Atlanta Hawks of TV where it's like, we don't need to win the championship. We just need to make it to the playoffs and they're content with that. And maybe that's what Modoc can be for, for this. I don't know. Or maybe Jake, we're just completely off the boat and everyone's going to come at us and say like, guys, Modoc is the final frontier. What are you doing? I'm just going to say Atlanta is a beautiful city that deserves better than what the Hawks are giving it and better than what Modoc gave it. I don't know, Jake, the Hawks are a win away from going to the Eastern conference. Finals. I know I'm not trying to be mean to the Hawks there. I was just trying to run with your analogy. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> sorry it's all, sorry hawks jake i'm a celtics fan so i mean it's okay <laughs> <laughs> hey while we were recording this milwaukee won good they tied it yeah. up going to game seven rock on yeah i'm psyched
That's awesome. Sweet. Um, so yeah, there it is. Thanks so much for joining us on the Watching Comics Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter. We are at Watch Comics Pod. That's comics with an X at Watch Comics Pod. We want to know your thoughts on Modoc. Have you watched it? Have you not watched it? What's your take? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Where you land on that arena? We need to know. We need your Modoc takes. That's what Twitter is for. Come hang out with us, folks. It's a fun corner of the internet. A thousand other people are over there. So, um, of course, shout out to the Geek Dad Podcast Network. It is a wonderful place to call home. We love that place. Um, and y'all listeners, we really do appreciate you going along this ride with us. We would be nothing without you. Speaking of which, if you dig this episode or if you dig our show, we would greatly appreciate it if you gave us a rate or review on whatever your favorite pod platform is. It's a great way to pay it forward. It helps other people discover us along the way. And if you promise to do so, we will give you a lifetime supply of free high fives. Who can say no to that deal? Next week, Jake, we're dusting off your old favorite segment. How mm. stoked are you? I'm so psyched. It's time, Mitch. It's been way too long. It I've is. got a backlog of things I want to talk about, <laughs> things I need to pitch. The Jake, time has come. Jake wanted this podcast for Shut Up and Give It to Me, and we don't do it nearly enough. So here, <laughs> I, I, it, is, it, it is in my mind. I love everything we do. It is in my mind the purest form of this podcast. It is just <laughs> you and I just shooting insanity out into the ether. <laughs> and it is the purest form of this podcast. I love Shut Up and Give It to Me. <laughs> this is one for Jake, everybody. Next week, it's yes. going to be wild. I can promise that. So thank you for joining us, everybody. We are the Watching Comics Podcast, and we will be coming at you next week with some more awesome stuff. We'll talk to you then.